Hey guys, welcome back to the Restoration Club podcast. We are in episode five. So pumped to be back again. It's been a wild few weeks with majors happening and the season coming the way it has, but we're super excited today to have Jared Murbitz with us. Uh, the extraordinary, he's everybody's man crush, at least my man crush. I can say that confidently, <laughs> uh, but excited about having you here today, Jared. Uh, Danny and I have been looking forward to this for a while and super pumped about just being able to make these schedules align as you've traveled the world. <laughs> and continue to do so. Don't think I didn't see yeah. those Hawaii pictures. Yeah, it's uh, been a busy jealous, summer. But, uh, give, us a, give us a little. Uh, give us a little who Jared is. All right, uh, give you a little Rocketman uh, Mer background here. So, um, born in South Texas, uh, born in McAllen, uh, real South Texas, like by the border. Lived there till I was about nine. The dad moved us east when he got a job at Kenny Space Center. So. Uh, was pretty unhappy. Uh, I like Texas. And, um, so coming East was a little bummed, but, um, my, uh, my tears turned into joy kind of fast. Uh, as soon as we got here, uh, on my, on my 10th birthday actually was moving day for us. So, uh, I saw my first shuttle launch standing on a U-Haul truck on my 10th birthday, space shuttle Atlantis. And I was like, I was blown away, you know, um, seeing a space shuttle launch, hearing the, the roar of the engines was just like captivating. And of course, yeah, that's why we had moved here. And so, um, yeah, so growing up um, on the Space Coast with uh, NASA in my backyard, it kind of became part of my DNA, kind of became who I am. Um, grew up playing um, soccer my entire youth was soccer, soccer, soccer. And then um, even through high school, um, Ended up going through uh, playing two years of junior college ball um, while uh, trying to figure out where I wanted to go in life, what I wanted to do, and um, ended up going uh, to UCF, University of Central Florida in Orlando, home of the Knights. Um, and um, yeah, while, while pretty much going to school semester and then working for NASA a semester doing that. So it took me uh, six years to get a four-year degree, but it was totally worth it because it was in pretty much the height of the shuttle program. So it was uh, it was fun to be there and to be a part of it. And then, of course, when I graduated college, you know, uh, having a job lined up for me right away was super awesome. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how the um, how the NASA career began. I've been out there 23 years now. Uh, the past five years, I've been the NASA liaison to SpaceX, which is um, arguably one of the coolest jobs you can have at NASA because uh, SpaceX is cool and they're doing cool things. And it's not just uh, launching Falcon 9 rockets and building uh, constellations of satellites for Internet access. I mean, they are really changed the way that we launch things into space and have been such a huge contributor into what NASA is doing to, to keep um, humans flying back and forth to the space station. And of course, focusing on getting back to Mars, they won the human lander contract for that. Um, so we're, um, I said back to Mars, back to the moon and then to Mars. So, um, so yeah, super cool. Um, I'm a proud father of two girls. Um, they're 15 and 13 and um, they're both just um, an incredible blessings. Uh, they both love soccer. So kind of following in my footsteps um and they love that i coach as long as i don't coach them <laughs> so i'm not their head coach 
but I have, um, I have been a coach in the community for 23 years as well, uh, as well as, um, involved with our local church as well with the girls there. And, um, my bride, um, Emily, uh, we met when, um, I was 10 and she was six and the first church I ever, I ever went to here in, um, Merritt Island, Florida, where home is. And, um, yeah, this August, we actually celebrate 20 years of marriage. So, um, God's been awesome. really, really, really it's good, man. Work. Thank you. Yeah. It is, uh, it's good. good. Time flies and you're having fun. That is for sure. That's, that's the quick <laughs> hey, and dirty. Jerry, tell, me, t- tell, tell me what a, tell me what a liaison looks like for SpaceX. What does that, what does that like entail in a, in a short sniff? And I know it's a broad job, but like, yeah. what would you say? Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you explain that to someone? So the quick snippet is um, SpaceX's um, launch pads are at Kennedy Space Center. And because of that, they utilize a lot of our government contracts for um, a lot of the things they need to launch rockets, most notably commodities, propellants, um, fuel rockets, um, and purge their their gas lines, their storage tanks. Um, they utilize a, a number of services. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... In addition to that, they also build a lot. They build launch pads. They build um, rocket manufacturing facilities and office space and then facilities that they use to basically receive the rockets back from space and prepare them for their next launches. And so whether it's launching rockets or building rockets, if they utilize anything on government property, I'm the go between NASA and SpaceX for that. So if they're building things, I'm the guy setting up drawing reviews and site plan reviews and permitting and ultimately everything from soup to nuts to ultimately get them a certificate of occupancy to use their facilities. If they're launching, I'm writing the agreements um, so they can. So for every single launch, they they use an a la carte menu of things that they need to either launch satellites or people into space. And um, I make sure they get all those things. And then the fun parts are the one offs like didn't think of that, or we need this, or this broke, or this isn't working. And um, then I'm off herding cats uh, to make sure that we, we make sure that they're successful because they're an incredible partner of NASA. Um, a lot of people have, a lot of people have asked me, so, so you work for NASA, but you know, is it weird? Is it weird? you know, working with SpaceX and I'm like, what's well, not versus it's not NASA versus SpaceX. It's NASA and SpaceX. Like, mm-hmm. like many things in life, man, we are better together. And we spent a lot of time looking about looking at like, how can I get better to outperform this person or this company when in a lot of ways, if we can just utilize the things that we're good at, and, and all come to the table and contribute those things like what we can achieve is is a lot greater um a great a great example of that is the um the international space station 16 countries came together a lot of people don't know that 16 countries came together to build an international space station that has been in space for over 20 years having people live on there doing science and research 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Crazy. Yeah, I had no idea that many countries. I mean, I feel like I only thought a few of them, 16, that's wild. Yeah, 16. So, Jared, I know you said that kind of took you guys east to Florida. I'm just curious, what is it that your dad did growing up? My dad was the, um, 
he worked in the oil field. In fact, all but roughly 10 years of his career that he worked here at the Space Center, he worked on oil rigs, um, whether it was um, out in Texas, uh, the Gulf of Mexico, um, spent a lot of time in Russia and Kazakhstan. Um, in fact, in my high school years, there were times that it would be like three to six months. The longest uh, was almost a year that he was gone um, working. And um, of course, he'd come home and a lot of times in the oil field. You're like 14 days on, 14 days off, roughly. So if you're three months on, three months off, that sort of thing. But yeah, um, he, he worked hard. He honestly was one of the first examples in my life of what it really meant to sacrifice to work hard to ensure that your family um, can be supported. And like even during towards the end of the shuttle program, when there were a lot of layoffs, like he was a part of some of those initial layoffs um, in the late <clears throat> in the late 90s. And I saw firsthand like, you know, bringing home less pay. What does this look like to the family and then him going to sacrifice and um, make changes in order to, to make sure that we were well taken care of. So, um, yeah, at all costs, man. And you guys are fathers too. So you get it. Yeah. I mean, you do anything yeah. for your kids. So, yeah. I was just yeah, going to say, how does that relationship with your dad, seeing him do that and kind of being that model for you impact kind of your fathering style or, or things that you bring to the table, having two teens now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my dad raised boys and I'm raising girls, but, um, my dad's an emotional guy and, and, um, my girls will tell you, I'm a pretty emotional dad myself. Um, it, um, it doesn't really take much to get, to get these eyes welling up. Um, but you know, um, we were, we were uh, a family that had Jesus at the center of it. Um, you know, all church, church was a staple. Like we were going to, we were going to church every week. Um, so the foundation, I would say he taught me the importance of the foundation and where I've taken that was church was a staple and going was important, but like talking about the importance of a relationship with Jesus Christ and how that impacts you on a daily basis. Like I would say that's where I lacked in my childhood, which is probably why I made some not so great decisions in my earlier days, but um, it's really part of my testimony story that got me to where I gave my life to Christ. And then of course, setting examples for my own girls, um, understanding the importance of community, uh, raising girls in a church community with other families, um, kind of going back to that saying, like, it takes a village, right? Well, if you choose your village, right? man, what just an abundant blessing it has been to have multiple dads, multiple moms, like pouring into our kids. So when we're trying to raise them right and teach them how to um, get through the difficulties of life, they're not just hearing it from us. It's being reinforced all around. So um, having that, um, getting that from my dad early in life, but then also, um, my mom's super religious too. So, um, she's super religious. I would say I'm super relational, right? Like there's a difference between re religion and relationship. Um, but yeah, my dad taught me the importance of chivalry. Like I still 
feel him slap in the back of my head if I didn't open the door for my mom. You know what I mean? Like, so there were benefits too, to make sure that I was a good husband, uh, from the get go. I love that. You know, you, you mentioned even community and I think it's important for us to understand why we're even here, right? With the restoration club, uh, the number one thing we've been trying to build in sense is just in that community. So how did you, Hmm. how did you first connect to RC here? Oh man. Uh, it's a great story. Um, I'll try to, I'll try to rein it in, man. I go, I, I get a little long winded. Um, in my, so in our church, You're fine. that's good. In our church, our, um, our head pastor is a golfer and, um, our church recently went through a transition where the senior pastor handed off the church to his son and, um, Matt and Matt, Golf has been, I would say, the mechanism where Matt and I have gotten to know each other a lot better. We actually graduated high school together, but we were barely acquaintances in high school. And um, I don't know, my relationship with my own pastor at my church, much less what golf has done to cultivate arguably the greatest friendships I have in my entire life. And you two are great examples of that, of, of people that God has just brought into my life to to um to just to show me god's love from from all around um i just had a desire like and this goes back years of doing something using golf as a mechanism to bring people together that love the game of golf while feeding them jesus and um i um i met dave Baisden years ago and um Dave had reached out to me the November prior to our founders event. So this is like, I would say the inception of restoration club when it was really just a thought. And he said, Hey, my buddy, Jeff Marsh is going to be down by you. You guys need to connect. And so I reached out to Jeff and I said, um, Dave says we need to connect. So, uh, how about some golf? And so I set up golf at just a local municipal course in Cocoa beach. Uh, cause Jeff was staying locally at a, at a campground and it, and it's a fun course to play and it's right on the river and it's nice. And it was just the two of us. Uh, we got out early on a first tee time and normally if it's just me and one other person, I can play 18 holes in two hours and then I'm home working and, on my day, Jeff and I took almost four and a half hours to play that round because once we got started on the journey and it was like, oh my God, do you realize why God brought us together today? And so I ended up sharing my heart to use golf to bring people together and feed them the love of Jesus. And then his head, like his eyes are huge. He's like, what I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. And so he really shared at that moment, he shared his heart about restoration club and started telling me all about you guys and how you guys had been talking with him about these things. And I'm like, sign me up. Like, (laughs) when do I show up? Like, take my money. Like what is next? Like I'm in, like I'm canceling everything. Like, let's go. And, um, so from that moment, like I've just been, I've been all in and, um, going to the founders event and Pinehurst and seeing you guys, that was a weekend. Like <clears throat> I almost felt I didn't want to end. And I don't know about you guys, but I have been jonesing 
for like another get together. But I have also like, I would say in the disappointment that there hasn't been something that has happened recently or soon. Um, some of the greatest things like they just take time, like Rome wasn't built in a day, but I've also, when it comes to having faith, um, you understand that God's always working. So even though things don't, maybe things don't appear to be happening, like God is moving, God is working, like restoration is building. It's on people's hearts. Like, just like this podcast, like people are going to hear it and think about it. And how can I go be a part of it? So I, I am excited, man. I am excited for what's to come and excited to just be with you guys to be a part of it. That's cool. I, I can, uh, if I can share this quick snippet, you yeah. and I met that, that at that builder's cup, we're at the, we're at the old church of Pinehurst, right? We're all hanging out, having pizza and talking. And then we get together and pray and tell the stories around the, around a circle. And there was a moment when I had to leave early, I had to head, head home and I had a you know, two hour drive back to Charlotte and you got up and you looked me in the eye and you just said, it was so good to meet you. And Jared, I don't know if I've ever felt that someone was more honest in that moment. <laughs> like I really felt like you, and I, I believe you did. And so it was such a, um, it was a revelation of your heart and which is a huge piece of why this thing works and why, you know, people are craving uh, the, yeah. the restoration club because it gives you something to be connected to using the golf space it's such a powerful thing. So thanks for being you because like you bring such a, like a good energy, like you can see the Lord all over you. And so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a thing I know I'm thankful for to have you be a member of this thing and how we try to move this thing forward uh, will be God's move, but it'll be um, done by the people he moves forward with it. So we appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for man, saying I'll that, just, man. Yeah. I'll just jump in and echo that Jared, because it's so funny that Ryan said that. So I feel like there, there's a purpose in saying it that both of us have only had the privilege of, of kind of hanging out with you for a day or so, uh, which I hope changes soon enough. Yes. Um, but even at that builder's cup, I got the sense that you were a guy that desires to intentionally kind of ask the Lord, like, how do I love on these people the way that you want to? And not for yeah. a reason that you need to be heard because I felt like you were yeah. strategic and that you were, you were kind of waiting for the right time for everybody. So it's so funny to hear Ryan's interaction with you because I was unaware of it in, in that you, you were so intentional, even with a few words, but I think whether it's been podcast episodes or recent conversations or interactions, I think we're pushing the threshold as far as we can before we all pull the trigger and say, we're just going to make this thing happen again. So I think that yeah. time is coming soon. But to yeah. Ryan's point too, I think whether it's messages on the Discord platform, Instagram direct messages, God is moving in conversations yeah. behind the scenes amongst other guys in other cities. And that's one thing that's that's keeping me so invested in just seeing some of those one-off interactions to wait for that time that communally and corporately we can all get back together and, and enjoy this thing together. Oh, so good. I can't wait. I'm going to be hugging you guys. Like it's yeah. going to be awkward. You can be like, all right, you can let go now. No, you know, um, <laughs> I have to, I have to tell you, um, like my best friend in life, um, who you guys will meet, like, cause I will bring him. Um, I told like, even that day with Jeff, I told, I, I told Jeff about him. His name is Chris Johnson. He's the worship pastor at East Coast Christian Center where we go to, to church. 
Chris and I met in fifth grade. He was the first friend I ever made when I moved here to Florida. Um, first time ever coming to church was with me and my family. Like he had never been in his life. And then uh, we were inseparable up until about ninth grade. And then because because of his family and, and the fact he had to work to like help support them and do like homeschooling and other things, we lost touch for a little while. And the Lord brought us back together when Emily and I um, started dating and we got plugged into a young adult church with him there. But from that moment and every time I have seen him in church leading worship and then after service, his ability to just love people, his ability to see people um, in their mess and help them come out of their mess and understand that what God has in store for them is not going back to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is not for destruction is for a hope in a future. And just seeing him love people like iron sharpens iron Proverbs 27, 17, like hands down one of my favorite verses of all time. Like one of the questions and I'm probably jumping ahead, you know, like what's one of the uh, favorite golf memories of uh, our favorite memories on a golf course that doesn't include a golf club. Honest to God, it's that iron sharpens iron is one man sharpens another. It is simply the interaction with the people. Just like the first day I met Jeff, like we were golfing, but we spent four and a half hours connecting, talking about the Lord, mm -hmm. giving God glory and planning, like, how do we share this with other people? And I am who I am today because people went before me and learned how to do it and sharpened me and gave me the, I would say the, uh, the confidence, or I would say the confidence that I can go and pray for people. I can go and love people. Like even at their worst, I can see them and tell them like, there's hope for you. Like, this is not your portion. This is not God's best for you. Like I got like goosebumps. Like it gets me excited to give people hope. Cause you know what? I have been in those dark places, man. I was engaged before Emily. I, I saw a future where I was like, this future's dark and God brought me out of it. Like I went to my hands and knees in my purest moment of despair and was like, deliver me. I'm like, I'm done doing, I'm done doing life alone. Like I'm ready to do life with you. And I wouldn't have even known to do that if it wasn't for someone like Chris Johnson in my life. So the people that God strategically puts in our lives, which is why I believe like this, like restoration club is just another prime example. Um, he brings those people into our lives to sharpen us because we, we become like this army of disciples and it's exciting. That's awesome. I'm going to get emotional I'm not, I'm not like gonna you're talking that. about it. No, you're, you're allowed to because emotions are real and we're built and designed with them. So emotions are, and I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the restoration club host here. I'm the, I'm the emotional one. So that's how we get down. So it's all good. That's good. Um, but, but we're not going to let you out of that question though. It says, what's your favorite memory on a golf course? No club included though. So can you think of a time or a moment somewhere involving on a golf course that it didn't have to do with a golf club. Like an actual, like when you say that, you mean yeah. like an actual swing? Um, no, no, it could, I mean, it could be, um, I mean, 
You've done some really cool things, man. You've, you've walked the course at Augusta. You've been scoring. I mean, you just told me a Terrell Hatton story that was amazing. I'm like, that's that's awesome. But And then you end up on a course and those types of things. So is there anything that's ever happened on a golf course and it wasn't about the swing and you kind of hit it when you talked about your Jeff story, but you guys mm -hmm. just playing alongside there and that connection conversation about God over that four and a half hour walk. Is there, mm -hmm. is there a memory you have of golf that – doesn't relate to the swing or making an ace on a hole, but it has to do with that moment on a golf mm. course somewhere. Yeah. I can think of a few, but I'll share one that's, um, I promise is not a flex. It's just, it's like the most, it's one of the most, it's one of the most sweet. Flex away, flex away. It's one of the most sweet moments um, I think I've ever had. Um, as an adult to understand that God truly cares about the desires of your heart. And there's a lot of people in life that feel like God doesn't see me. They feel like, like dreaming. When's I'll ask you, like, when's the last time you let yourself dream? Like that day with Jeff, like dreaming about restoration club, then came a logo, then came a founder's event, like then came podcasts. Like what I have learned, in my adult life, and this even goes back to, man, I could tell you the whole story about NASA and how my career started there. Um, trusting a God who delivers, a God who is always for you, a God that when you trust him, there's, there's literally nothing that you can't achieve in your life. So when you do, you shouldn't be surprised. And one of those was... Uh, when and the, for any for anyone who plays golf right and you learn about the masters you're like you learn that augusta national is really heaven on earth you learn about um you learn about its um history and and just the prestige and like it's I don't know how to how to put it into words, just how special it is. And I remember golfing with somebody, you know, back when I was probably a 30 handicap. And I'm like, uh, I had watched my first Masters. And um, I'm like, man, I want to go play that place one day. And, and this guy literally laughs at me. And he's like, he's like, you'll never play there. You know, he's like, you he's like, you'll be lucky if you even go to that place. And um much like uh, I would say Ben Harmon said yesterday during his post uh, his post round interview, so when he faltered, somebody said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. And it in, and when someone told him he couldn't achieve something, it just was like, all right, I'm ready to I'm ready to show this guy wrong. And that's never been a driver for me, but honestly, when when, I, when someone tells me I can't achieve something, I'm like, my flesh can't. But when I partner with God, I can do anything. In fact, Phil Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So um, years later, ultimately led to friendships that literally started on a golf course. A random person literally put with me at a local golf course two holes from the end, his sister's like, Hey, you guys should exchange numbers. We exchange numbers, become great friends. He invites me to the masters two years later in 2014. 
We get there. I meet somebody on the 16th hole who's a gallery guard. We end up talking for an hour and a half. We exchange information. We end up golfing together, becoming friends. He then offers to help me apply to become a gallery guard. Two years later, I went to the par three contest. The spot that I chose to sit on the entire par three grounds happened to be where the son of the chairman was that I sent my application letter to, who then said, hey, I can't wait to tell dad about you. I mean, you guys can finish the story because God had already written it, right? <laughs> like, you can't make yeah. this up, yeah. you know? And um, two years later, uh, 2019 was my first time ever volunteering at the Masters. <clears throat> and um, I got to come back and play. That So April, I got to come back in mid-May and had a late tee time. And the thing is, you have to worry about being able to finish. You have to worry about weather. And I got to tell you guys, I was like stressing out. Like first time, mm -hmm. like I'm going to be, this is going to stink. And what if I don't finish? And um, we literally teed off when like the leaders would tee off. It was like almost three o'clock. So it was kind of neat. And I'm like, all right, I, I see you, God. I see what's happening here. So we got like the late afternoon experience. And it was so late that when we got to Amen Corner, as far as you could see, there was no one. Mm -hmm. And so we played 12 and I was standing there on the green and the, I was only with two other guys and they walked up to the tee. So I was just standing there on the 12th green of Augusta National, looking out down 13, 12, down 11 at like 630. It was dead silent. All you could hear was birds and just God's beauty. And I just like, that was a major God wink for me, like another moment to just say, Jared, I just want you to know, like, I know the desires of your heart and I knew how much it would have meant for this to happen. And your dreams are my dreams. And man, it is just like, there has literally since that moment, like there's literally been nothing that I'm, I, I even tell my kids like, they like, but this would never happen. Like, I'm like, okay. Like they told me it was their dream to meet dude. Perfect. And I'm like, that'll happen. And I'm like, probably in a year. I'm like, I bet you it happens in a year. And they're like, you're so crazy. And you guys, I don't know if, uh, like if you saw, but it was like the next summer we went on vacation and I had gotten connected with dude perfect to do some NASA videos. And then we ended up seeing them at their headquarters in, in Dallas the next the next year. So those aren't, those aren't accidents or accidents, right? Yeah. Like, so, so yeah. I mean, that was just, that was a special moment um, that started with a dream, got, got, um, I would say, fueled by faith and um, got achieved uh, by God. So kind of cool. Well, I, I love that you said you were just going to, you know, you told that guy, I'm just going to play there. And then 
it felt like God was even making it better than your expectations even were. Like again, sitting, yeah. standing on 12, right? You're looking back and that almost worship moment of you looking back on kind of what he did of the intentional sitting next to a guy that is the son of a guy or being a Crazy. gallery guard and all these things leading up all because yeah. honestly you played golf with a guy and his sister said, you guys should exchange numbers. Yeah. Like, yeah. In it's fact, awesome. I've, I've volunteered there five years now and every morning, every single morning, um, I, um, I like download devotions before I go to the masters. So I have them on my paper because you can't bring your phones in there. And every morning I get to the course in the dark, I go by the shack, I get coffee and I go walk to Amon corner and I, and I read scripture and have a Devo every single day. Cause I just like, now that place is extra special, right? Like, <laughs> so, um, plus I get homesick. So it, it helps. It helps to have some time with yeah. God when I'm away. I hope we have many, many people that have played Augusta National on this podcast, but I'm super thankful that you're the first. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I hope for a time where um, you guys are with me. We'll have a restoration club of uh, founders event uh, at the National. Speak it now. Speak it now. <laughs> Look, Lord, you hear I'll it. I'll take it. I'm, te I'm telling you, <laughs> it's right. possible. Awesome. Well, Jared, since you've already answered kind of our static question that we love to ask each guest, I wanted to take a step back since you spoke to it. And, and honestly, it personally resonated with me talking about growing up, going to church each week, but not knowing what it looks like to have a personal daily relationship with Jesus. And so I feel like I'm probably not the only one that that resonates with. And there could be guys listening to this that have no idea what you're talking about when you say that. So I was curious to, you know, whatever comfort mm. level you want to go to, what what flipped that for you from I'm a guy that grew up in a family that goes to church every Sunday to this is this is what I'm choosing to live for on on a daily basis. Yeah. No, I would love to answer that question. Um, growing up, church was a box to check each week, and I felt good about myself if I went to church. Like I even when I was young, like. I felt good. Like, Hey, we went to church today, come home breakfast. And then, uh, you know, let's play outside and do all the things back when kids played outside, um, till dark. Um, but the thing is like, it's, it's almost transactional when, when you just go to church and you check a box, you get a feeling back and you have a feeling I'm a good person. I went to church. I listened to a pastor. I know God. Once again, religion, that was a Lutheran church relationship. Um, you know, I, I can, I could go and, and, um, I could carry, in fact, um, I have my Bible right here on my desk. I promise it wasn't a prop. Um, but like I could carry this, right. But the thing is, it's, it's the scripture in here. That's that are the actual tools. And, um, it wasn't, honestly, it really wasn't, it wasn't when I was um, 22 and engaged where I really became a follower of Christ, where I really decided to partner with Christ. And honestly, it wasn't even in my, um, my mid-20s, like 
we were we were going to a non-denominational church and starting to really build our church community and our time with um, friends and learning the power of prayer, the power of community. What really changed things for me was choosing, even if it's five minutes a day, to dive into the Word. That's where everything changed for me. And what I tell people is, like even on this podcast, I think I've quoted, I don't know, three or four scriptures. Like, guys, I'll shamefully admit I was in my 30s. I was in my 30s before I could quote a, a memorized scripture. And I would say shamefully, but that's my walk. Like, God doesn't judge me for that. And at the end of the day, whether um, whether it's Proverbs twenty seven seventeen or Jeremiah twenty nine eleven or one of my favorite uh, Proverbs sixteen three, commit your plans to the Lord and they will succeed. I tell people when you dive into the Word and you find Scripture that speaks to you, like Christ is speaking to you, and you memorize that, it's like another tool in your in your in your tool belt. Like I tell people, when you buy a house. First time home buyer, you typically have no tools and you're installing pictures. So now you need a hammer. So you go to the store and you buy a hammer and you're like, sweet, I got my first tool. But guess what? For me, that was Jeremiah 29, 11. Then I needed a screwdriver. So my second tool, but that was um, Proverbs uh, 27, 17. So it was like when I chose to dive into the scripture or dive into the Bible is when it, it stopped being transactional it wasn't like hey i got my bible went to church i feel better like i was getting spiritually fed which gave me confidence that i could overcome the things in my life because at the end of the day something that a lot of people don't understand is that we are in a spiritual battle like our kids our wives our families our friends our co-workers like the enemy is always at work and every tool I have is another weapon that I can go and fight Goliath and every giant in my life that tells me that I'm not valued, that I'm not a good husband, I'm not a good father. All those lies are giants and they all can fall when you partner with Christ like we are David in that fight and um, choosing to read devotions like these are choices like how many times do we sit on our phones with Instagram with this mindless scrolling, you know, um, and of course, um, we're still our flesh, our flesh lets us just take us away. Like even when we have those moments, like, Hey, I'll get on here. Uh, let me get on the Bible app. Okay. I spent five minutes. Like, all right, I'm almost done with this devotion. It means only like 30 more seconds before I'm back to Facebook and all right, box check. I feel good about myself. Transactional. Like it's bigger than that. So it's, um, but it, it's not all or nothing. What people have to understand that it's a process. And uh, just like a relationship with your bride, relationship with your kids, relationship with your best friends, like it's about being intentional, sewing into that relationship, being willing to learn and to dive into it so that you can get the most out of it, not just for yourself, but that you can also give to, because our, our father, our heavenly father is worth our time. And I think about like, even now 43, right? Like I fall short every day, 
And there's a lot of times when I'm sitting down and I will, I will pull up like an Instagram or discord or something else. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I haven't given, I haven't given time to Christ today. So let me, let me do that. And, um, having people in your community to hold you accountable is another one too. So there's, there's, uh, obviously there's tools for doing that. I do love on the Bible app, like you can do devotions with people. So then you can all comment on the end. So there's accountability there. Um, yeah, honest to God, I feel like even on the golf course, there's times where I'll be, <laughs> I will be paired up with people and two holes in. I'm not going to lie. I'll have a thought like, Lord, I know why you're doing this. I know why these people are here. Like, I'm not really feeling I, I just came to golf today. And of course, all I hear is like, oh, I know why you came here, but this is why I brought you here. And um, man, some of the some of the most incredible interactions have really come from that. So once again, being in tune with um, I would never be in tune with with what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life if it wasn't for being intentional um, about reading the word. And I would never be intentional about reading the word if I wasn't encouraged or taught how to do it from the people in my life who have sharpened me to do so. It's a good word. I love that. I think knowing that there are, are um, hallmark moments in our life that kind of draw us to uh, the source. And I think that will always be the case here, right? That's what's going to create maturity. That's what's going to draw other people in is you being tapped into the source, us being tapped in will allow us to have full benefit and growth in that and allow other people to be drawn to it. And then just say, well, like again, and taking opportunity, listening, taking opportunity to act on the promptings that we feel that God's putting in our hearts. So well done, my friend. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's, it's incredible to see, um, I think once people get even the smallest taste of God's goodness in their life, whether it's um, seeing someone they love being healed, maybe they're being healed themselves, maybe their marriage is being healed. Um, I think even even the people in your lives um, that that are opposed to a relationship with Jesus, like I'm okay with that because I know by me showing them the love of Christ, a door will open eventually. And when it does, I will be ready. And that's, that's exciting for me to think about. And honestly, it's what motivates me. It doesn't, it doesn't discourage me. It just motivates me to love those people even more. Awesome. Well, Jared, I know we want to get you out of here, uh, under your family and your time. We certainly appreciate you making time for us. Um, but I'm going to flip the script on the last one. And dare I ask, knowing you've played Augusta National, you volunteered at the Players' Championship, what's still on the list? Is there anything out there on the list that you're eyeing right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, pretty much everything. Uh, England, Scotland, Ireland. Like, can we do a, a restoration group trip? So I'm 43, guys. That means uh, for 50, like, invite extended like extended so let's uh i I just i I would just love to have that's the dream um of course domestically like um 
you know, of course, seeing Marshy at Chambers Bay with my DP guys yesterday was awesome. So Chambers is definitely on the list. Um, Pebble, I mean, of course. Um, but here in Florida, um, I'm believing in the next year uh, to play uh, concession, Seminole, medalist. I, those are my top three nice. here in Florida. Love it. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm believing, I'm believing for it. I'm looking forward to playing alongside you. Let's get it. Yeah, Let's man. Go. It'll be good. <laughs> I just, I, it's, it's fun, man. I, um, yeah. Restoration club, international trip. You're speaking, you're speaking a lot into an existence, uh, in one episode, but I'll take it. Yeah. I'm in. You have not because you ask not. That's the way I see it. <laughs> That's, That's right. Good. That's right. I also think like uh, Restoration Club Space Coast, like um, I'm so serious. Like even if yeah. it was not even like golf driven, like if you guys want to come down here for like a Friday to Sunday, like everybody flies in Friday, we have dinner Friday, maybe just a whole day at the Space Center on Saturday um, maybe around a golf Sunday morning and then everybody flies home. Like, I don't know, man, like I'm, I'm yeah. always down to host you guys. I'll even yeah. schedule a launch. It'll be perfect. <laughs> no big Rockets deal. flying everywhere. We're good. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> guys, it's so good to see you. Like I I'm so honored, like really honored that you guys asked me to be on here. Um, but yeah, I miss seeing your faces. Um, I love, I love our restoration club text messages, but honestly, man, like we should just set up like, like my, my work group, like three times a week, they set up, it's just, it's 30 minutes called like morning coffee. And they literally just like, they get on Microsoft teams and they just BS about like, I never call in cause I don't have time. <laughs> Like, I'm so busy. I'm like, if I call in, like, I should. I should be more of a team player on there. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's like, um, I don't know, Bourbon Thursdays. I don't know, for where everyone yeah. just pours a nipper, like a tiny little nipper, yeah. and we just call in on Thursdays, like, once a month just to say hello. Like, yeah. it's just great just to, to see your faces. to reconnect those spaces. For well, sure. it, yeah. it does a lot, right? Like, technology has helped us, but... It is a yeah. it is a powerful thing to be able to see these faces and connect like that. And I'm not hey, I am not opposed to that. Um, let's heck, maybe I'll just accidentally hit the uh, FaceTime button on the group and see what happens. See who yeah. answers one time. <laughs> yeah, and see see who see who uh, see who picks up. Um, that's right. That's before right. We end, before we uh, <clears throat> before we end, can I pray for you guys real quick? That'd be all Thanks. right. Yeah, definitely. please, please. Yeah, just please. Heavenly Father, just uh, so grateful for the time tonight. Grateful for Ryan and Danny and uh, what they're doing, Lord. Um, not only in, in the lives of their families, Lord, and their communities, but for restoration. And uh, Lord, we're we're believing that the best, um, obviously, is yet to come. And we know that you're working in the background, Restoration Club, Lord. And we're grateful that you've chosen us to be a part of it. <clears throat> Lord, I just pray for um, continued um, abundance of blessings upon um, Ryan and Danny's families and the entire Restoration family as a whole. Um, I pray an abundance that of, um, of supporters would come in this next year for Restoration and just really just be a game changer for what we're able to do um, to bring people um, 
the love of Jesus in their lives, just to see what a, what a change it can have. Um, not just on uh, this generation, but for generations to come. We thank you for that, mm-hmm. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Well, Jared, again, Alex. thank you, man. Um, and yeah. tell Emily and the girls, we appreciate your time and uh, you carving that out for us. And uh, enjoy these next. All right, All right guys. Well, that's going to wrap episode five of the Restoration Club podcast. That was our buddy, Jared Murbitz, uh, quite possibly the most interesting man in the world. We didn't even get into uh, the elite youth soccer coaching. He's got his own clothing label. That was the hat he was rocking. The guy plays yeah. the guitar. Uh, you started off the episode, Ryan, claiming man crush. Uh, I, I didn't need to get through the episode to have one. I already had one, but I think that, that definitely ensured it for sure. But Damn. loved having him on. That was a long time coming. Uh, guys, we hope to bring more episodes to you here shortly. Uh, I know it was a, a little while in between those two. Uh, we hear you, uh, and we're definitely getting some more on the books. That's for sure. So excited to bring those your way. Definitely jump into the Discord platform. Love seeing your messages from all the chapters there. Uh, hit up restorationclub.co, the website. Guys, grab whatever merch is left. We're hoping to bring a whole new batch your way this upcoming season. So keep your eyes peeled there. Uh, always love the messages on Instagram, restoration underscore club. We'll catch you there too. Ryan, until next time, man. Keep swinging. Keep swinging.